When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Geekscapists. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. This is the podcast that's been going on since 2006. In every episode, I like to discuss, interview, find out a little bit of something about a geek guest. Um, And I started the show way back when on the couch with my good friend, Ian Kerner, I think that he is a pop culture encyclopedia. This man has a really incredible knowledge of comic books specifically. Um, And so he's an incredible resource here. And I like to, whenever there's a brand new comic book movie or comic book TV show, I like to sit down with Ian and do a little bit of a postmortem and say, hey, how close is that to the comics? How does this change things, not just on the published page, but on the silver or the big screen? Uh, which which is which the small screen is a tv well we're all watching the stuff on our phones at this point now but how does this change the stories that we love the stories that we know uh and this is what we're doing today this is the loki season two special it just finished up i couldn't wait to talk to this uh talk about this season with ian uh and again if you haven't watched loki i'll just say it right now it's not again but if you haven't watched loki season two we're gonna spoil the heck out of it uh if you want something else to listen to and be like what's this geekscape all about uh, go back like one episode. I talked a bunch of D&D with Matt Lillard and his partner, Bill Rehor. They have a gaming company together and a brand new show on this new Dungeons and Dragons channel on Freebie. And we had a great discussion about Dungeons and Dragons. So if you're looking for something geeky, have not seen Loki season two, go back one episode in the feed. And of course, there's tons of great episodes in the feed that you can go back to. Don't have to go back to that one, but it is suggested. Uh, and hear that amazing conversation. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking D&D with uh, Matt and Bill, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. If you're still here, if you're still here, I warned you, we're going to spoil the heck out of Loki Season 2. I hope that you uh, have seen it. Or maybe you just don't care. Maybe you're like, hey, I've got the Marvel fatigue. I've got the superhero fatigue. Uh, I, I'm, I'm good. Just say what you're going to say. This is this will be my catch up. I don't think so, man. I think there's some stuff in the season you're going to want to hear and watch. Uh, but if you don't have the time, this isn't a bad uh, second choice. So let me get things started. You're watching Geekscape, and we're going to talk some Loki season two. All right, Geekscapists, let's talk some Loki Season 2. If you're watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, then you know that this is actually the um, first part. of. We have a lot of releases coming out right now, so this is the first part of a two-parter that we're doing live on the channels um, because the Marvels also came out this weekend. We're not going to talk about the Marvels here, but if you're watching this live, right after we're done talking Loki, there's going to be a new uh feed and uh right here on the youtube on the facebooks and on the twitch talking about the marvels so if you're in it for both i love seeing you in the in the comments uh posting questions commentary what you maybe thought about this stuff asking questions of again ian a fantastic uh encyclopedia of all things pop culture and uh i even made a little a little graphic let me see if i can find this graphic that i made uh celebrating the geekscape two-in-one it's based on the old school marvel two-in-one comic book they usually feature the thing but we're gonna be talking some loki season two 
And then if you're watching this live, going right into the Marvels, which also came out this past weekend. But that's enough of that. Let's get to Loki, which means let's get to Ian Kerner. Ian, Loki season two, baby. Um, At the point that we got Loki season two, were we still excited? Let's talk about that whole thing about Marvel superhero fatigue. Because after things, after the summer and we got Guardians 3, we got The Flash, we got Blue Beetle, we we got our uh, fair share of Marvel shows this 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 year. How where were you on it? For me, listen, the whole superhero fatigue thing I think is BS. I think there's good movies and bad movies. There's good shows and bad shows. Um, a friend of mine, you know, keeps saying that you know just look at the numbers. Guardians three did great. Far from Home did great. What do they have in common? They're great movies. You know. Um, some of the shows are better than others. Going into Loki, my big fear is coming off of Secret Invasion, which I, I yeah. honestly, I mean, you know, we, we already did our special on that, but I can't believe how off that was. You know, um, we've, I've been disappointed, you know, and we'll talk about, I think it's fair to lump things together. I don't want to go off onto a tangent about the Marvels because we'll talk about that in a little while. But... You know, I think that this show I felt was pretty consistent with the first season. That's generally what I say to people. If you like the first season, I think you'll like it. If you dislike the first season, you definitely won't like it. Who disliked the first season, Ian? Uh, there are people that weren't into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I mean, I think clearly we thought it was great. Uh, you know what? There, there are some similarities between first season and the pacing and second season. And uh, in that, it has a... Uh, a pretty interesting first episode that has a lot of groundwork to lot to lay and a yes. lot of a lot of work to do and and it can be convoluted and then I'll tell you great material yeah it's it's great material it's fascinating it's smart I I mean I think it's smart um and Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are just great for carrying it the the supporting cast is awesome the characters are interesting. And episode one of season two did a lot of the same where it's like, okay, we're going to lay the groundwork because uh, when we last saw these characters, the universe had kind of been reset with the reset of the TVA, the reintroduction of the, uh, you know, the one who remains from last season and really the death of the one who remains and the reintroduction of, of a multiverse and Kang who remains the, he who remains. He's not Neo. Yeah. (laughs) He's not the one. Um, so this ep- this season did a lot of groundwork setting in the first one. We had the introduction of like Ouroboros was a great character. Awesome. But by the time, for me at least, that we got to sec- episodes two, three, and four, I, I read the word plate spinning in an article today. And to me, it became a little frustrating that even though we were jumping in time, we were still spending a lot of time in brown hallways talking mm-hmm. about these these things that that we needed in the plot line of saving the loom, which is what once you have a multiverse, what, what weaves them all back together. And I felt a little frustrated that that plot line was going on so long. And it really is the full second season is saving the loom, whether or not you find out if it's justified or not. And specifically a character like Ouroboros and who plays him, it felt like a lot of nonsensical stuff that it was like, we need to get the this to do the this and then the that. And then once that's solved or not solved, the next solution is to get the thing to get this to get the that. And it, I felt like we were spending a lot of time in hallways. We were spending a lot of time with characters that weren't Loki and plot lines that weren't Loki. And it, it started to wear on me. And I started doing like, hey, it feels like we're just going in circles, which again, once you get to episode five, the circle's does become kind of the point. And then once you get to episode six, episode five, I feel is like, okay, this is taking form on a personal level, not just a plot level. Cause it's very heavy on plot for the first four episodes. And, and you will drown in it. As I started to drown in it, I'm like, this plot is starting to become nonsensical. When you get to episode five and you realize the solution to a very heavy plot is something very heavy in a character. I started to appreciate it. And then that is really paid off in episode six when there's a maturation of our main character. And I thought it was beautiful. Um, 
Yeah, I think that the maturation of that main character, I think that we get a, a, a great, um, I mean, I think Tom Hiddleston actually said this, you know, Loki comes full circle. And it's one of my things about this series from the get-go has been, you know, we saw Loki as a character grow tremendously in Ragnarok and then ultimately sacrifice himself yeah. in Infinity War. And did this Loki, had he gone through it? And I've always struggled with this whole idea of, okay, so... Seemingly, he watched everything that happened to him, and I felt like in watching season one, we're supposed to just accept that by watching what his other self went through, he sort of goes through it. Yes, right. But now you've he's added no the longer the Loki at the at the end of both Endgame and Avengers. He's a you know he actually manages to you know he goes through the pathos of what happens with his mother and everything else and realizing, you know, what he did and why, and being able to actually be honest with himself, but who Mm -hmm. he is and what he wants, you know, because we then get a Loki who's kind of heroic. Mm -hmm. And, and the series very much becomes about what does he want? Even the, you know, Sylvie questioning him, is it about power? You know, particularly in episode six where there he is, you know, back at the end of time with he who remains and what choices is he going to make? And clearly he doesn't want, he he does everything he can not to kill Sylvie. right? Right. Right. But, you know, it, it's it, it, it's an interesting thing. My big complaint is the nature of power, you know, particularly of, a, of a, who has the power. Like, listen, I'm fine with from the get go. You got Thor and their gods, but are they gods or are they just powerful aliens? Where does the power come from? And initially with Thor, that Marvel was sort of looking to avoid the whole mystical thing, but they didn't really deal with it. But, you know, so we get a little nod in episode six that this, what's happening to Loki, the time slipping, which evolved into him being able to actually take control of that, was something he remains did to him or gave him, you know? And we, I guess we just have to accept that that's a thing and that served he remains purpose, except what about the glorious purpose, right? What about that ending? Glorious Borden, yeah. You know, what about, you know, okay, so Loki, did Loki go beyond he remains? Did he? Or was it a manipulation? There's now a timeline. Yeah, the ending of this movie, of this series, exists in the post he who remains. He who remains has been killed by Sylvie, but he, before Sylvie kills him, one of the variations of him presents Loki with a binary choice and says, like, listen, you're going to have to kill her or this is all going to fall out. And Loki supposedly finds a third option. That being said, did he who remains know of the third option and simply keep it a secret so that Loki could bring it to fruition on his own terms? Listen, I, I have to say right now, I have to, I don't want to cut you off, but... No, do you it. You know, um, I'm a little offended by your use of the word post because you're very being very linear <laughs> and that just, you know, I mean, the, 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 my, my, my pronouns are not linear. Okay. <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not post because it, it doesn't really apply. It's but the throne is gone. And, and you know that at the end when Loki yeah. seats himself on a new throne, that it is in lieu of the old throne that had been vacated by the death of he who remains, because otherwise the loom doesn't fall out of control with a he who remains still on his own so, throne. So, it, so Chronopolis is in a place that's beyond time. I mean, if it's the end of time, it's the end of time. Is it the end or is it the end? Yeah. And, it, I, and, it, I'm really and is this a, is this Loki a variant? I mean, there's variants now. It's a multiverse. But so, is there are there other Lokis so, now? So, and this Loki is the one who sacrificed himself to create a new Ysidro. Let, let's talk about multiverse. Let's talk about variants. Heady stuff, Ian. Let's so, delve into it. So, what was interesting at the end of season one. And this is something that people have to really, you know, understand. He who remains dies from a linear perspective at the end of time, right? I'll keep him in the frame, right? He's all the way over here. But from his death, the multiverse starts again branching, but it's branching, not linear. It's branching all over the place. So the branches could be all over you know, when they travel, they travel in time to prune the branches. So, for instance, the variant Loki that we meet, basically, in Endgame, the Avengers went, they changed something. That Loki 
pops away with the Cosmic Cube. He then gets picked up by the Time Variance Authority. So up until then, this is the very same Loki. Everything about his life is exactly the same as the Loki that died in Infinity War up until Avengers. So yeah, basically that's the first to, Thor movie. To attack Avengers, get the Tesseract, destroy right. New York, all that. Well, no, it's after that. Right, but but that's still but the Loki that, that, that happened had, that for He's still the one that uh, that brought the Shatari to New York in the hopes right. of getting the Tesseract. Right, right. Yes. It's pre-Thor the Dark World. Yes. But the end of Avengers, that's where things divert. So yes. everything about his life is exactly the Loki we know before, just not he doesn't go to Asgard, take Odin's place and rule for a while, and then end up you know, with Ragnarok and, and Thor and all that leading into Thanos, which... In terms of his whole life, not that many things, as opposed to a Loki that's somewhere along the line, you know, the universe branched and it's an alligator, you know, mm-hmm. and or there's classic Loki where that's a Loki who lives so long that it's like it, it's you know, so many millennia that he actually aged. Right. Or it's Sylvie. Yeah. Or, or it's Sylvie. Exactly. It's female. Right. So, you know, somewhere that the, the universe branched in such a way that there are, the, there are these different changes and that's throughout time that kind of thing can happen. You know, so, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I always thought that, that the idea of that is very interesting, but the, the pruning of that, I mean, always seemed like this impossible task to me. How can you possibly keep up with all of that? And I thought that was an interesting thing that they introduced in the sixth episode of that, you know, the idea of scale. Yeah. And that you never you, could. You can't. Yeah. You, you right. can't do it. I mean, I, I guess theoretically he remains had a way of doing it, you know, it made me think of like by creating the TVA, but is that real? Is the TVA really doing that, or do you, do you have other ways of doing it beyond them? And that was just for show, right? But I think that the presence of Sylvie in witnessing Loki take his place in the, in the final episode proves that there are other Lokis out there. If Sylvie is indeed a, a variant of Loki, which supposedly I think they said, yeah, supposedly she is. So there is a Loki who has sacrificed himself and taken on his responsibility. At where whether or not it's the end of the time, the side of time, the literal whatever, but it's his own throne. I thought that sequence, and I think everybody agrees yeah. with it. Everybody who's seen the sequence, it's beautiful how he takes oh, the threads beautiful. and turns them into a cloak and sits on his throne and takes on the responsibility of a- being. And, and he recreates a drassel. It's the best part is that he recreates Yasidro or Yadrassel, how you whatever you pronounce it, but the world tree, the the one that yes. that um is the basis of Norse religion and the, in all of it, it's just, it was stunning. It was visually stunning. And whatever you think of the Jonathan, well, real quick, whatever you think about the Jonathan major stuff and the Kang of it all, the, the showrunner said today, like, no, 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 we had to create that sequence months ago because it's so heavy on effects. And it's such a beautiful thing that none of this concept of does Marvel have a Kang problem, this or that, or we have to find a solution to Kang and Jonathan Majors. None of that stuff had even entered the equation as they as they were writing the ending, but it does allow Loki to be the powerful time kind of uh, guardian of the Marvel Universe. And it, there's a user on Facebook watching right now who says, do you guys consider Loki a full-blown hero now, or at least this particular variant of Loki? Uh, to which I say, well, this one definitely took on some heroism, but did it out of... Um, I don't know. I mean, that's still a throne at the end, and he's still a god. Yeah, so that, that, that is the interesting full circle. But yes, I do. Because remember, what really moved Loki was what Sylvie said to him, which was that it's beyond trillions. It's, 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 you can't count and calculate the number of lives that he saves. It's full universes and over and over and over again. You know, it's the argument beca- became and becomes... And we'll discuss in a bit whether it still comes into play or not. But the idea that he remains argument is all of them can exist because they all end up, you know, he have to have the sacred timeline. So you save however, I mean, I don't know the number of people, you know, in one universe, but in order for the one to exist, all the others go. And is that a price too much? But if the idea, the idea as presented was it's, it's, only the sacred timeline or nothing, they all die anyway. And Loki said, no, they don't all die anyway, right? That's the idea mm-hmm. here. So, you know, and is it hard? Is, is it 
patience. I mean, it's kind of like the railroad like? switch, right? Like yeah. the railroad switch, you can hit the switch and it goes and runs over this many people, but then you hit the switch and it runs over this many people. Like Sylvie is what he did this for in saving Sylvie. His other choice was I mean, to kill millions. And he, he took a third route. From my perspective, understanding the comics, what's interesting to me is he took he who remains place in a different way, you know, in terms of overseeing the multiverse. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels very immortus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, which is interesting. The, the notion of him as the God of stories, when you recognize that it's all a story and, and it's all in that meta way. And even the idea of, okay, well, what if, and I'm saying it that way on purpose, what yes. if this happened to change things? And then that's the multiverse. Well, that's a story, right? So and, it's all these different stories that, that he's, that he's maintaining. Um, and Ian, I find can you talk about that? Because that is part of like the agents of Asgard or whatever that that story is in the comics, and they're so now they're now they're actually drawing some direct stuff from some of the most recent st- Loki stories. Yeah, am I wrong I, on this? I, I think in essence, the biggest thing that they're really tying, you know, saying is Loki as the god of stories. So, so basically, Loki had always been the god of deceit, the god of lies, whatever, what have you. And at a certain point in the comics, they did this whole thing, this idea of Ragnarok that, you know, in the comics, they ha- they said, that, hey, it's Ragnarok several times. Ragnarok in Norse mythology is supposed to be the end of everything. And so then you became aware of this idea that, well, yeah, it keeps resetting, which is sort of annoying and obnoxious. And Loki, who as kid Loki was trying to change, he re- you know, he was like destined. He had no choice. It's in Hela's book that this happens and he's always has to be the same thing. So he gets Hela to delete him from the book. So then when he comes back again, he doesn't have to be the same thing. You know, and he can be something different. He can be the God of stories, which in a way, God of lies, God of stories, it's a similar thing. And theoretically, the God of stories, well, you know, then pretty much he can can make things happen. So that's the interesting idea there. But I actually think that he's both the God of stories here and he's more than that. And he is sort of like, well, he's a God. He's God, right? He mm-hmm. really is getting everything he always wanted, but not in the way he wanted and, and didn't represent what he wanted. You know, he wanted to rule, but yes, he's on a throne, but is he ruling? Is there any deference to it? Is there any glory to it? Are there any creature comforts to it? Or literally it's just him sitting there and making sure things stay a certain way. And he's still- resigned. I mean, there's a level of resolve in the performance. I thought the performance was incredible. And he's he's kind well, of well. There's a sacrifice. The, he's like stuck in the center of this yeah. thing. Like it's like he's That's in right. the center it, of the sun. No, it, yeah, it's a sacrifice. It's a prison. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I do believe that they had already laid this out, and that's actually what's sort of interesting to me because you know. When we got Jonathan Majors as he who remains, not as Kang, at the end of season one, and then we saw that Kang is a variant of him. So we already, we've known for a while that Kang was coming, supposedly, with Avengers at the Kang Dynasty and all that. And we knew Kang was going to be the bad guy in Quantumania. But what, what's interesting is we never actually get Kang in the Loki series. And the showrunner said, like, yeah, well, that was, you know, this story is the story that they wanted to tell. And it, it actually is pretty complete. Because it, it's actually, it's the He Who Remains story. Mm-hmm. He Who Remains does not come back. They reference that Kang is out there and Kang may do what he does. They've even mentioned a little bit of Quantumania in this They one. reference Quantumania, the 616 variant, right. you know, and, you know, and that, that offshoot because the quantum realm is an offshoot of 616, mm-hmm. right? In that it's movie. A, yeah, it's a quantum, it's, it's a microcosmic right. part of the 616. But... Victor Timely right. is also a variant, and he's yes. very present in this season. Yes, but he's Victor Timely. He's not Kang. Maybe he becomes a Kang. Maybe he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it remains to be seen. So what's interesting is the people that say that they may have fixed their Kang problem with this, what they're saying is you can just say never mind is one solution. You know, and the TVA it, takes care of Kang and just keep moving. Exactly. Yeah. And we never even have to see it. Like, right. let's just say, and it's hard not to get into a little bit of a reference about what is happening. You know, I don't want to bleed into 
you know, the Ms. Marvel conversation, but to the extent that the movies aren't doing as well, um, I don't, I don't think superhero fatigue is so much a thing as, but multiverse fatigue, I think that's real. Well, De- Deadpool three is going to solve that one. Well, that's I mean, just it skewers it. the hell well, out of it. Well, well, wait a second, but I think yeah. Deadpool three, Deadpool three may do a lot of things. There are right. rumors that the TVA is going to be in Deadpool three. Yeah, and let's not spoil yeah. anything for our Marvel's conversation again in multiversities because maybe you've only seen Loki season two and not the Marvels. But. but- there's some but multiverse stuff going on. Th- there is. Well, and again, and that's the thing is it, it it's popping up. It's popping up in a lot of places. But the TVA, I think, is likely will be in Deadpool three. I don't know how big a role, but I think they will be sure. in it. And that and that also lines up with the comics and Deadpool dealing with the TVA at certain points. Um, so so that's very cool. Um, you don't have to have Loki in it, even if the TVA is in it. I mean, right. literally, they set this up. TVA has its mandate and Loki only this Loki only comes into it. If it's going way into the nature of the multiverse, not that there's a multiverse story. Right. Right. Yeah. It's Um, a backdrop. Yeah. Yeah. But my point is that look, he remains said, you know, this happens to him and then the Kangs are are all going to come, but the TVA could be fighting that. And if they decide to pivot and say, you know what? The audience interest in the Kang multiverse story isn't there. It's tired. Never mind. We're not going to do it. They haven't shot Kang Dynasty yet. You know, in the same way, there was an announcement that we were getting, um, you know, the um, Superman versus Batman Enter the Night and, you know, Dawn of Justice. And that just became the one movie. Yeah. You know, that could happen. Yeah, and, and I mean, Armor and, Wars becomes a series, becomes a movie, becomes a this, and like stuff yeah, gets yeah, taken off yeah. schedules all the time. So, yeah, of course. So, so the point is that for me, as by the way, you know, the MCU from its inception, they've done a lot of setup stuff that they didn't just leave dangling. You right. know, there's a lot of things that they they set up and they just don't do anything with it. That's Celestial in um, the North Pole. Yeah, among other things. I was so, expecting to see it in the Marvels, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep so, going. So, so the point is that. For me, you know, the, the Kang setup is perfectly well solved in this. If we never even see it again, it's referenced and it's dealt with and whatever. And if they do go back to it, they go back to it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. There are other versions of things that they can do. You know, the other argument is Loki's there on this throne. Um, it does make a certain call out to, in the comics and Secret Wars, um, Dr. Doom does his whole takeover from a drassel yes so it could very well be you know that they end up with loki being at the center of maybe fighting doom maybe losing the doom and doom becomes the bad guy that way and um subverts the plans of kang and again you don't even need the kang stuff right i see dr doom is uh, in a showdown with loki in the cent- at the center of reality as a pretty important part of a secret war storyline because yes. you also have i mean the molecule man stuff is always great in the secret war stuff yeah but geekscape is not familiar with both iterations of secret wars it's a the consolidation of a lot of this multiverse stuff and again we're going to skirt the stuff that's in miss marvel but uh but doom basically consolidates a lot of the multiverses into one thing that he can rule and if loki's at the center of a multiverse uh, then he and kang are gonna have a little face to face um and it's or he and loki then loki and dr Doom are gonna have a face are gonna have a face to face not necessarily kang um so like i think that that marvel's in a good place here and this stuff is really well written yeah the big question becomes my expectation going back to the end of the first season is that um some version of adapting Hickman's incursion event stuff, which mm-hmm. is ultimately what leads to, to that battle world. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And that's what so, it feels like is going to be in secret wars. And I, I would not be surprised if, no, I, I think, Dynasty I think that's a Kang dynasty which some, is before secret war. Yeah. And then I think, but I don't think war, it's going to be called that anymore, buddy. Well, that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, and that might be they, called ultimate. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying is, yeah, well, by the way, I mean, or they, they could, they don't even necessarily have to do it. You know, right. you, you could say people are over the giant, you know, multiversal thing or, you know, or you can just do it a little quicker. I, I think a lot depends on Deadpool and just what they do in Deadpool. I think we'll have a better idea from Deadpool, which is actually going to be the next Marvel movie. 
And well, from Pug that, hmm? yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was, was going to bring up Jim's comment, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. From that, that's where I think we get into the, you know a, a true understanding of what they should do, what they might do. You know, um, look, you know, one of the biggest problems for the longest time has been let's get the X-Men already. Let's get the Fantastic Four already. So many yeah. things that would be ideal for them to do um, should have happened, you know? Yeah. Should have happened already to set up other things. You know, um, X-Men we'll touch on in the in the Marvels special, okay? Right. Because but, Kamala Khan's a, a, a mutant. That's all yeah. I'm going to say here. Uh -huh. they, they, they established that in Ms. Marvel mm -hmm. on that show, which came out a while ago. So as far as that goes, um, but as far as, you know, the multiverse and all that, um, you know, Fantastic Four, it's a big part of that story. It's a major cornerstone of this entire thing, Geekscapist, and uh, we kind of have to get it. I don't think that's something that Marvel can sidestep. It is Marvel's first family. Uh, Jim Pagardelli says, so if we get the TVA in Deadpool 3, does that mean Deadpool variants? I can only hope that we get a kitty Deadpool and a lady Deadpool and a silly Deadpool and all that stuff. I mean, I think that a lot of the air of the seriousness and the severity of all this multiverse stuff and the doomsdayness and the the all that. And keep in mind, we still have the idea introduced in the end of uh, the second Doctor Strange movie that there's incursions and that yeah. Doctor Strange is going to go solve some incursion events and this and that. We, there's still a lot of it, but Deadpool gets to take the piss out of it. And I think that's healthy. I think that'll be a healthy barometer, like you say, of where, where Marvel's at on all this stuff and maybe cleaning the slate a little bit because... Uh, there is a lot going on at this point and there's a lot that people have to keep track of. Uh, but what I love about Loki season one and Loki season two is how they bookend it. And I don't think there'll be a Loki season three. I think that this was a perfect closure to some of these characters. That's how I feel. You know, um, I, th I, think I think Owen Wilson's character, extent, Sylvie, you can see them again, but uh, I think that this was a beautiful yeah. closure. No, I, I think it's set up that you can see them again. I think very specifically, you're going to see some, I, I think we're going to get, um, B15, probably uh, Mobius, in and maybe Arboris in Deadpool 3. Well, B15 straight up runs the TVA, you got to yeah, have that. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, that, 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 that's my expectation there. Um, I do not think Renslayer's dead, but that, no, you but, saw but, but, Renslayer but, at the end of the, the episode with well, a lot what, of people think because you hear Allie off in the background there that the that giant monster that she, cloud yeah, thing that they're yes. running from. That yes. was not, wasn't that King's servant though at some point or the, or he who remains his servant or some yes, form of. Yes, but with no he who remains, it's free to do whatever it wants. And a lot of people think that means, oh, hearing it means, you know, oh, she's about to get killed, but we didn't see it. So I don't think so. And, and Throg you know, is still there somewhere. So like, come on, come on, kids, yeah. us. <laughs> Maybe Throg saves her and it, it, it moves on to a different storyline. <laughs> or she figures out a way to, you know, to take over some technology or whatever, you know? I mean, the, the point is that, Listen, if they do go forward with Kang in any way, she's in that movie. Mm -hmm. Can it just Whether be a role? Considering she was uh, an equal to uh, Kang in uh, sharing uh, a throne. Uh, a lot of people think that's a way to pivot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an interesting way to pivot. Um, and, yeah, listen, I mean, by the way, a pivot like that, you know, Kang's not a real name. It's not exactly a title, but do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's, not, it's not his name. So, right. you know, I mean, anyone can be Kang, and even down to it being in a mask. Right, right. By the way, that, that's, that's, a, that's another thing they can do, I mean, if they want to. If you're really worried about it, if they do decide it, and by the way, the one thing we haven't said, so let's come out and say it, um, the whole the conversation about Kang and going forward that, it, it's there's more there's a few levels. There's both the public's interest and also Jonathan Major's legal problems. And what I've been hearing is in a few months, they'll have a better idea. So they're not making any decisions about whether or not they need to recast or anything or not go forward or any of it till they see where that lands. I did think his performance, uh, not surprising, was absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
And know, the mean, Victor Timely character still exists, yeah. w- you know, with Loki yeah. holding the strands. Any chance of there's not really a, a purpose to seeing that character because they actually cleaned that up. They they made sure that he never gets the TVA book. So and, there's and, no and, real Victor Timely. And, in the well, it depends on the universe, doesn't it? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, that that begs the question: Does getting the the TVA guide is is that always the case? Or I mean, mm-hmm. he was already so brilliant about um, about his experience. The, yeah. the, well, just just the philosophy of time travel and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. did every Kang start there? They came well, out in so many different universes somehow. Well, there was a Kang that started in the far future as well that we know. That that's a classic we, Kang. The we, the, we, the Richards. We, we, we think that. Mm-hmm. We think so. Or did or did you know Victor Timely create a time machine and go travel and become that? We're not right. sure. You know, we don't know. Right. So showing a, a a version of the kid not getting, you know, the guidebook, you know, trainer manual, whatever you want to call it, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that. The Fantastic Four movie comes out and everybody loves it and everybody loves Doom and this and that. Is there a version of a Nathaniel Richards that becomes a Kang later on, if you ever need the character to be the time jumping villain that he is in the Marvel universe. Sure. I mean, listen, I mean, there's any version they want. And that's a different cast. That is a descendant of Reed Richards or Reed Richards, father, or whatever Nathaniel that, Richards. That's, that's always been messy because there's, it's that, really yes. messy. Yes. Cause also there've been times. I mean, can you tell it? Like, what, what is your version of it? And I like the, 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 Kelly and Lansing stuff that that they just did. I thought that was a nice version. If you that was good, but but but, but what yeah. that did, didn't really touch on the very and it just came out. Geekscapeus. If you want to go, if you want to go find what I'm talking about in a comic store, it just came out. It's a King well, miniseries. It, it's collected. It's also you could also do it. Um, and the Infinity Comics they did a a version there too. Mm-hmm. So it's the Marvel it's Infinity, Infinity yeah. app. Yes. Um. But that deals with Kang's story with Nathaniel Richards of the future being fully formed without really getting into um, his ancestry. Okay. He does and, not have to be descendant of Reed Richards, right? Or maybe he's descended of Reed's father, you right. know, so that, so it's not necessarily from Reed. Um, but then the other argument is that sometimes they say, oh, he's descended from Doom. Mm-hmm. So, and if you think about it, there could be a version of events where, where both can be true. <laughs> it's getting messy again. Like I see. Well, not really, because, because if, if, if a descendant of Nathaniel Richards and a descendant of doom procreated, mm-hmm. then he's a descendant of both. Right. Right. But that's a problem for the fantastic four. That's a problem for the, for the post fantastic four introduction MCU. But there's the, the I think the point, I'm trying to make is that there's multiple, multiple solutions to what could be a king problem, as a lot of people in Hollywood want to say, like, oh, Marvel's got a king problem. Marvel's got a king problem. And I think they've completely not even, like, it, you don't even have to address it. There's plenty of stories. And like you said earlier, like, the, the, the solution to superhero fatigue is quality. And the last two episodes, really stuck the landing on this. Uh, Jim Pellegrinelli says, Loki taking that throne at the end reminded me of the ending of All-Star Superman. He loved the ending. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, th- I read through All-Star Superman in single issues when it came out. What, what's the ending sure. on All-Star Superman? But I mean, clearly there's plenty of God metaphors with Superman. Uh, and I love All-Star Superman. Um, Jim also adds, could someone who already exists become a new king maybe Ouroboros well, or renslayer i, I propose renslayer did, could take did, the did, mantle of isn't king. that what i said before yeah didn't i say that about it? it's not necessarily his name so mm-hmm. yeah I, I thought yeah yeah so i mean that, that's definitely a possibility mm-hmm. um if you know but if that's necessary i think that's a different story i think that's a pivot and i'm not necessarily against it but to the extent that you need kang a kang around to fight, maybe it's to fight Doom, what have you, you know, but by the way, realize this, let's just say, for the sake, if what we're saying is Jonathan Majors, they don't want to be with him anymore, fine, just leave him in the mask. Mm-hmm. 
The mask, I mean, it does kind of look like Jonathan Majors, but that doesn't necessarily matter. Well, you're talking you about know? the blue breathing mask that he used yeah. in Quantumania, but that yeah. mask is, I think the, the the main thing is you need a purple suit, a blue mask, and two lines going through the eyes down to the right. side, and that is the right. signature Kang look. Uh, <laughs> Kang's got a pretty signature Jack Kirby look that is pretty fun. Um, and then yeah. there's clearly all those variants of Kang, um, you know, uh, and, and, and ultimately, you know, and you that, can yeah. just straight up recast it if that's what you want, need to do. Sure. You know, sure. I mean, they've done that in the MCU done, a few times. Yeah, it's been done plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Nobody's blinking at Rhodey at this point. No, at all. no, nope. no um, and, and no, no one's blinking at Mark Ruffalo either. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. We, it, it, Jim Pagernani says All Star Superman ends when Superman flies into the sun to restore it, sacrificing mm-hmm. himself to keep it burning. I recall now, and yes, that is very much an All Star Superman ending. Uh, it's beautiful. Gacy Abyss, if you have not read All-Star Superman, definitely, definitely, definitely seek that one out. Uh, the Frank Quietly artwork is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so, Ian, we've talked about whether or not we see some of the TVA characters again, and I, I think maybe Deadpool 3, of course. Um, Sylvie. Will well, we see Sylvie again? Likewise. This is a character that was that was saved at the end of this, and Sylvie's now free, and that was the thing she wanted was a freedom. My feeling is, well, so she's not going to be an agent of the TVA, so no. I don't think we see her there. Um, the question is, where does, does Sylvie want, what earth does she want to be on? Um, when they created that character, my early assumption was we'd see her in Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a sense coming off of this that there's any motivation for that. It just depends, you know, um, she could hop anywhere. And Ian, can you refresh me on the, the things have shifted and Ian did say that Deadpool three is the next Marvel movie we're going to get. We're actually yep. going to get echo in January or February. Correct. Uh, that'll yes. be the next Marvel release. But when, uh, with things like Thunderbolts, with things January like January or is it late December or I, I think it's remember. January, but with things like, with things like Thunderbolts in Cap 3 shifting, changing places, I think Deadpool 3 is next because it was going to yes. be Cap, but Cap came back out of the strike with production still to be done and this and that. Like like Deadpool mm. jumped right back into production. It was supposedly further no, along. Like, no, no, no. Where's Cap- everything at? Deadpool has a little production left, but they'll have that done. Cap, the from way I hear it, was mostly shot, but they want to reshoot stuff because they're not they think they have problems with whatever it is. They don't think it's what they should be putting out. Okay. Okay. Um, Matt Kelly just added a Geekscape show too. We, you heard the sirens. Okay. So cap three got moved to sweeten the deal, sweeten it a bit. Uh, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is, is supposedly a few months after cap. Um, I, there's, there's no question in my mind that cap set up Thunderbolts. Certainly the Thunderbolt raw stuff, you know, so you can't um, you can't leave frog one in front of the other. They no. they got to go in that order. Okay, no. so that's okay. So we got Deadpool three, Cap three, Cap four. Oh, Cap four. But but the first Sam Wilson Cap, yes. and then you got Thunderbolts, and then you're ready for some King to Mania, as I think no, eventually F- gonna be called. F- it should be called F- King F- to Mania. FF before that. Don't lie to me. I'm telling you. What are you hearing about Fantastic Four? Because there has been nothing but pin drops on that I, stuff. I mean, supposedly casting stuff, but it's, nothing's ever been confirmed. You think it, you think this Fantastic Four movie has been cast? You've heard that it's been cast, Ian, or that it's actually A lot been of people... Cast? I've been hearing Vanessa Kirby as uh, Sue Storm, but, I mean, again, no one's confirmed it. I heard a while ago Javier, Javier Bardem as Doctor Doom, but again, not It would be confirmed. beautiful. It would be beautiful. Yeah. Um... Damn, Ian, because if you're telling me that after these next three Marvel movies, Deadpool 3, Cap 4, Thunderbolts, the next slot is for a Fantastic Four movie. In Has there been any filming on Thunderbolts? No. Okay, okay, so it's all good. And Armor Wars, is that really going to happen? Be real with me. No. Don't, okay, you don't think Armor Wars is going to happen at all? No. Not after, no. Not no. after the turn of... The Rhodey storyline and Secret Invasion. Uh, and variety of reasons, you know, maybe we get into that more in Ms. Marvel if we're going to talk about 
feature um, how, how well the movies are doing, but mm-hmm. I do not, I don't, I do not see that happening. Is there going to be, be wrong, a sense? Say. Is there a sense that like the studio doesn't want to stick their necks out too far at Absolutely. this point, and they they want to bring some of that stuff in? Um, you know, I was in a meeting earlier talking to do a studio executive, um, so I can speak to across the board content right now. Everyone wants IP and they want what they think are sure things. And what's happened is the sure thing that was Marvel no longer is that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it remains to be seen what they do to quote unquote course correct. He who remains um, to be seen? Maybe. It, it, <laughs> there's definitely going to be less. Sure. You know, which because obviously it was maybe too much. Sure. Um, the arguments being made that um, Kevin Feige and even his lieutenants is managing too many things at the same time. So, so that's going to be part of it. Um, and as you referenced before, some things that were announced very well may not happen. You know, Echo got released because it was already shot. And oddly, I'll tell you this, Echo is decidedly shorter than what they supposedly shot. Yes, I, I think I it's know, five I don't know what that means. It's five episodes. at once. Yes. And, but it was supposed to be eight. Sure. And they apparently it shot them all. So don't know what that means. And, and they're calling and, it Marvel Spotlight. What does oh that boy. mean? That's what they did with with uh, Werewolf by Night. It, it was it was a, that was a Marvel Spotlight as well, correct? Was it? I thought they just coined I, Marvel Spotlight. No, I think that Werewolf by Night was some form of a Marvel Spotlight. Yeah. It's worth the research. Geekscape us. Email me, Jonathan at Geekscape.net, if you have an answer for that stuff. Um, I love talking to you guys. And I know they talked about Werewolf by Night being this other corner of the Marvel universe, maybe less walk. So maybe that does make it Marvel Spotlight. Because for me, the Echo thing is like some people thought Marvel Spotlight, putting that on that was like saying, hey, it doesn't matter, which is weird because it's Kingpin's a pretty major character and he's coming out of the events. And and Daredevil is coming out. So whether you want to say it's following up their Netflix Daredevil series or it's a precursor to the new Daredevil series, I don't care. The point is, it's definitely part of the continuity. Definitely part of the continuity. And the what I was going to propose, speaking of things like Werewolf by Night, is there, and again, like, is there any chance that a smaller solution to some of these Marvel properties could, could, could arise where they say, you know what, none of these, like, some of these don't have to be $150 million movies. Some of these can be $40 million movies, and we have a return oh. to the underworld-sized, uh, you know, Resident uh, Evil-sized movie I, I, where I, it's I, like I, these are 20 to $40 million movies you, with some of these Jonathan, smaller characters. I, I don't want to cut you off. We This is a yeah. weird episode and the fact that the Marvels just came out and we're going to literally, once we stop recording this one, we're going to go and we're going to record the Marvels. But <laughs> yeah. you're going down the rabbit hole of talking about the features, which probably I think belongs in the Marvels conversation. Sure, sure. You know? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's stuff to be said there. You know, to the extent that we're on the Loki special, I mean, and you know, I don't know, maybe we're done talking about Loki. I mean, except insofar as the TV series, I do think you know we could say that they're holding back Agatha, um, right. which that's done. They're holding okay. back Ironheart, which is also done. Wow, completely shot. Wow. I, I believe they've even done post them, and they're ready, and they're not releasing them. Mm-hmm. So is that because they want to release them more strategically or are they thinking maybe they shouldn't bother? I'm not sure what they're thinking. Right. But you're right. We, between the Daredevil reshuffle, they, they're clearly going to keep pushing that. And then Agatha and um, Ironheart are already being shot yeah. and ready to go. Yeah. I think that, I think that Marvel can sit and kind of watch the landscape and see when that, that stuff hits. But I don't, I don't see that not, stuff not releasing though. My, my personal opinion though, is they're holding back. To me, I'm going, why? People are either going to be interested in them or not. I don't think anything is going to happen that's going to change people's level of interest in those two shows that they've already shot. Mm-hmm. I don't think waiting a year or two to release either of those makes more people watch them. Sure. Sure. If anything, I think waiting longer to release them makes less people watch them. I think you wanted to get Agatha out as soon as possible when people still remember WandaVision, and you wanted to get Ironheart out as soon as possible when people still remember Black Panther too, right? Sure. So for me, my big frustration and this how frustrating we can talk about it with Loki and with the Marvels, <laughs> sure. but it it's 
the amount of time in between these things. And again, mm-hmm. I, I will save that for the Marvel's conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that, that's the problem. But as for Loki, I you know I I think that I think the series was, was entertaining, was fun. As I keep saying, if you like the first season, I think it's it's definitely worth watching, and it, it's doing well. Um, in fact, it's doing really well. But when they compare it to season one, it's not doing that well. Okay. All right. Well, Geekscape is, I think that it's a perfect um, bookend to what was introduced in season one. I think it's awesome. And it sets up some uh, really wonderful possibilities for this and, grand story moving forward. Yeah. But, and also, even just if you were ever a fan of the Loki character, even just from the movies, watching this series is worth it. Because, um, you know, as Hiddleston, as, as um, Hiddleston had said, um, I think it was on Fallon. I think it was on Fallon. But uh, he basically said that, you know, he's comes full circle and this could be that it, you know, this could be mm-hmm. a swan song and he could be done and it's a cool place to be done on, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Geeks gave us, we are not done. If you're watching this live, uh, we're going to go, we're going to give a little break. Ian's going to get some water. I know I got to go get some and we're going to come back with some Marvel stuff if you're watching live. Um, but if you're listening on the podcast then I hope you've enjoyed it, we tried hard to uh, not spoil anything outside of Loki season two. Um, and uh, this is in your feed and maybe go out and see the Marvels and then come listen to that episode. If you haven't yet watched that movie, but uh, if this, if this is all you're going to do, if this is all the geeks gave you got for you uh, this week, I really appreciate you listening to us, share it with your friends, leave a comment, email me, Jonathan at geekscape.net and uh, all that. I really appreciate all the, the activity y'all have been uh, giving us on the geekscape Facebook forever. What is it? It's on Facebook. It's the Geekscape Forever group that's been really active and a lot of fun. And then the numbers on Spotify have been great. So keep sharing, keep doing all that stuff, keep supporting, and uh, Geekscape Forever. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.